lift you up today. We bless you, we exalt you, and we thank you, Father, that you are here always. Now, Father, I ask that you break open the bread of life for your people here today. And, Lord, I ask that you fill us up to overflow with your love and your word. Allow us to eat, eat, eat until we cannot eat anymore. And we thank and praise you. And we give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Give God a praise. We're going to talk today about living on the other side of fear. Living on the other side of fear. Over here. Not over there, but over here. The other side of fear. On the other side of fear is love, peace, and joy. Amen. On the other side of fear is peace. Amen. Wisdom. Revelation. See, when you're in fear, you don't have any peace. And you can't think straight. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? I'm the only one up in here. (laughs) You know, everything is so confused. And you just don't know which way to choose what's right and what's wrong on the other, on that side of fear. But on this side of fear is uh, is being, well, how can I say this? Confident. Being confident that you know that you know that you know that God is with you. Amen. Having peace in your heart. Amen. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1, if you go there right quick, hallelujah. God didn't give his children cowardice or cringing fear. You ever have fear so bad you get stomach cringing? Not a good feeling. And that's what the devil likes. He likes his people full of fear, cringing, not at peace. Feeling that pressure, and you don't even know what the pressure is for. But the devil likes that kind of stuff, likes to keep Christians on the edge. Amen? Hallelujah. Second Timothy 1, 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Amen. God didn't give his children uh, stupidity nervousness, anxiety, but he gave us a balanced mind full of discipline and self-control. When you are, uh, when you are at peace with God, you have self-control. The opposite of fear is faith, so when you're in faith, you are confident, not full of, I don't know what to do. You know, this is what the Lord taught me. When you don't know what to do, don't do nothing. Don't do anything. You know, the devil likes to try to pressure you and push you to do something, to make a decision. And especially when it's the wrong decision. He's going to put more pressure on you to do the wrong thing because that's how he likes it. That's how he works. He puts pressure on God's people to do what's wrong. Amen? But the flip side of that is the Bible says believers shall not make haste. So when the, uh, the devil wants me to make a hasty decision, I learn, don't do nothing. Until you get a clear signal from God with confirmation, signs following. Amen. God confirms his voice with signs following. I don't know what this other stuff is people are doing, but I know it's not God. Amen. Because God gives you a confirmed word. He's never changed. He's not going to change. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. He Uh, leads his children the bible says my sheep know my voice amen hallelujah so the bible says that we are not to receive fear because we're in a covenant of peace with god amen hallelujah we're in a covenant of peace with god isaiah 26 3 says he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed or fixed on him amen And so God wants us to stay fixed. How do you stay fixed? Stay in the Word. Amen. Meditate on the Word. Know your God. And don't worship other things. Get in the Word until you you have a surety of what God wants you to do for Him. Amen. Psalm 91 
tells us that we have divine safety and protection from God because we are we have a covenant of peace with him. Amen. And so when you are in a covenant of peace, God is right there with the Holy Spirit to calm you, to speak words of of peace and wisdom and love to you. Amen. You know, the Bible says you can run in and be safe from the devourer and the, the, the fowler that tries to come and pick you apart and try to push you to make a wrong decision. Fear will try to push you in the wrong direction. Amen. It's the opposite of fear. And, and I mean, it's the opposite of faith. But Psalm 91 covers all of our, our hang-ups and all of our, you know, our nervousness and our, you know, that feeling of what do I do, that feeling of dread that comes with fear. And so God is telling us in Psalm 91 that you won't be afraid of the terror that comes at night. Amen. Because God is with you as a mighty, terrible one. He's there as a protection. He's there to help us in every way. So when fear comes over you, and it will. Now see, there's difference in the spirit of fear that's living. You live under. You know, you're, the Bible says you to resist fear. You know, resist the devil and he will flee. Because he is fear himself. He tries to smoke screen people. Amen. But the Bible says that he's afraid of us. But you have to refute it. Re- just refuse to receive fear. You refuse to receive fear by hiding in the secret place of the Most High. Amen. You go in and you're safe. The Bible says God will cover you with his feathers. And you can hide in his bosom. Amen. And feel protected. And feel uh, solid and strong. You know, when we're at our weakest, God is strong in us. And so, you know, you have to go to God for his strength, and he will strengthen you, and that fear will go away. Amen? But you have to stay on guard for fear, to guard your heart with all diligence. Guard yourself against fear and refuse to receive it. Amen? Fear is out to steal your boldness, and this is why the devil likes to put fear on people. He don't want you to be bold. Amen. He's out to steal your walk of faith because the devil knows if he can steal your faith, then he's got you. Amen. And so he wants to steal your boldness, steal your faith, and start you to reasoning. Reasoning in fear will always push you away from God. Amen. Reasoning with fear will push you away from your destiny. Away from what God has called you to do. Away from what God has assigned you to do. His plan and his purpose diminishes when you walk in fear. Amen. But the word of God will scatter fear every time. Amen. The word of God will tell fear to get out. But you have to go to God instead of, you know, retreating like most of us do. And, you know, when you retreat, that fear will whip you and, and make a whack, do a whack job on you, you know. And then you don't know who you are. You forget you're a child of God. You forget that you have power and authority. You can't use it because your mind is all messed up. But I'm telling you, if you refuse and stand up to fear and don't reason in fear. Reasoning always comes because fear causes us to try to make a, a another choice. You know, it's like that um, messing with Mr. In-Between. This is where fear takes you because it wants you to start making excuses and accepting what's not of God. This is why the devil likes to whip people with fear because you start to compromise when you're in fear. Amen. Hey, Pastor Bob, <laughs> you start to compromise when you're in fear, amen? And then you start reasoning with fear. You'll start to reason and start to accept what's really not the whole truth. You'll start to say, well, it ain't that bad. You know how it is. And then, you know, you'll start, you start there, and then pretty soon you're buying the whole enchilada and the devil's telling you he ain't this they ain't that and and then you're you're on that road 
Amen. And this is, the, you know, you're, you're bargaining and you're reasoning with fear. And the Bible says not to do that. Hallelujah. Fear will never pull you toward God, but will always push you away from him. This is what fear is for. Amen. This is an example. Fear says, what will the people say? What will they think? What will they think uh, if, I, if I go all the way with God? If I follow God and, and obey him and, and do what God tells me to do, what will they think? That's fearing man instead of fearing the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. So fear keeps you from stepping out in faith. Fear likes for us to close away. And hide and hope the storm is over. Not face situations. Just go into self-pity. That's what fear is for. It's to put you into self-pity so the devil can make you feel comfortable and then devour you. Amen. But we need to start whacking the devil's head and fight against you. You can conquer fear. Amen. You can conquer fear. You have to. You have to stand against it. Hallelujah. For fear keeps you from stepping out for God. See, fear is trying to kill your preach. It's trying to kill uh, your example that you put before man. It's trying to uh, stop your success so that when people look at you, they say, hmm, that doesn't look like a child of God. And that's what fear is for. Amen. But we're not going to put up with fear any longer. Amen. We can devour fear and push it away from us and annihilate it. And and if you meditate, see, conquering fear is changing how you think, changing what you accept and, and thinking, well, maybe God can. Maybe he can. Not he won't. He'll, he never will. See, that's the voice of fear. Never always you know always doom and gloom but faith speaks forth all the the you know the blessings of god you will do this you will you know achieve those things that god has for you you can have those things that the devil has told you you can you will have a good credit score let me come on down where y'all live you will get a new car you know see they they you know but faith tells you that you can have all these things because they've already been paid for. Amen. Fear will tell you things will never change. God's not going to do that. Oh, there's no such thing as Amos 9.13. It's going to never come. It's just something that, you know, pulled out of the Old Testament. And that's what people do. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, your faith can buy you anything. You can do anything through faith and patience. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to Matthew 21. Hallelujah. I'm going to try my device here. Matthew 21, and verse, um, verse I'm not sure, I think it's 23. Hallelujah. Now, this is a story. I'll just shorten it up. The high priests and the leaders of the people demanded Jesus to show them his credentials. You know, they were always saying, who gave you? Who said, you know, who said that you, who gave you the authority? And they were always questioning Jesus. And this is an example of fear. Amen. You know, reasoning in fear. They always watched every move Jesus made, looking for a wrong move. And then they would turn around and reason in fear. So in Matthew 21, I'll start at 23. It says, And when he has come, was come into the temple, the chief priests and elders of the people came unto him as he was teaching and said, By what authority dost thou these things? And who gave you this authority? 
And Jesus answered and said to them, I don't talk to dumb. No, he didn't say it. <laughs> but he might as well have said it. I also will ask you one thing. See, God, Jesus said, you ask me something like that, I'm going to ask you something. Amen. I also will ask you one thing, which if ye tell me, I and likewise will tell you by what, what authority I do these things. And this was Jesus' question to them. The Baptist of John, whence was it? From heaven or of men? In other words, Jesus is saying, by what authority did John the Baptist come? By whose authority? Was it man's authority or heaven's authority? And they said, and they reasoned with themselves, saying, if we say from heaven, he will say unto us, why did ye not then believe him? Because they didn't believe John. See, they're telling on themselves already. Verse 26. But if we shall say of men, we fear the people. For all hold John as a prophet. And they answered Jesus and just said, we cannot tell. And he said unto them, neither tell I you by what authority these things come. Amen. So they are always questioning, judging, and then they even tried to judge his answer before he gave it. And that's called reasoning in fear. So they said, we fear the people. They feared man, and they feared his answer because they figured their answer was going to be wrong, and it was. Amen. It was very wrong. <laughs> In other words, they didn't have the right answer. Hallelujah. But Jesus had the right answer. But he, he figured, I don't have to tell you anything. Amen. I'm not subject to you. I'm going to go over to, um, let's see. We were in Matthew 21. Who has the mass message translation? I'm trying to pull it up on this contraption. I think I have it here. Just doesn't come too quick. Okay, I'm going to read it in 23 in the message. It says, Then he was back in the temple teaching. The high priest and the leaders of the people came up and demanded, Show us your credentials. Who authorized you to teach here? And Jesus responded, First, let me ask you a question. You answer my question and I'll answer yours. About the baptism of John, who authorized it, heaven or humans? Verse 25 says, and they were on the spot and knew it. They pulled back into a huddle and whispered, if we say heaven, he'll ask us why we didn't believe him. And if we say humans, we're up against it with the people because they all held John up as a prophet. They decided to concede that they decided to concede that round to Jesus. We don't know, they answered. And Jesus said, then neither will I answer your question. Amen. See, it's the religious people that always want to question you, watch you. You know, it's because they think they've been assigned to watch your walk instead of watching their own. Amen. Amen. They don't, you know, they don't watch their own walk. They're watching yours. That's why they can't watch their own. Amen. Amen, sister. <laughs> so, who authorized John's baptism, heaven or humans? And then they pulled back, and they pulled back in fear because they knew they didn't have the answer. Amen. And so we are supposed to stay with God. If they were with God, they would have known the answer. Amen. Hallelujah. Being afraid to step out and act on God's word will always be compromised, you know, if you fall in fear. You'll always want to pull back and always want to compromise. Amen. In the Old Testament, King Nebuchadnezzar had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown in the fiery furnace because they refused to compromise with God's word. Amen. See, every, every believer knows what's coming if, when you don't compromise. Persecution is coming. Amen. But what did Jesus do? He went in the fire with them, and they didn't smell like smoke. Hallelujah. And this is what God will do if you don't act out in, faith, in fear 
and act in faith. Amen. God will stand there with you. If we could read that in Daniel 3. I'm not going to say turn. I'm going to say push your button. And I'm going to push mine. But I have more trouble with this than, but I like it. I can switch it to the message. And that's pretty good. Daniel 3. And verse 17. Hallelujah. It says, Furious King Nebuchadnezzar ordered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be brought in. And when the men were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar asked, Is it is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you don't respect my God and refuse to worship the gold statue that I have set up? I'm giving you a second chance. But from now on, when the big band <laughs> when the big band strikes strikes up you must go to your knees and worship the statue i have made if you don't worship it you will be pitched into a roaring furnace no questions asked who is the god who can rescue you from my power amen see god does a lot of things to confound the wisdom of the wise amen hallelujah shadrach meshach and abednego verse 16 answered king nebuchadnezzar Your threats mean nothing to us. If you throw us in the fire, the God we serve can rescue us from the roaring furnace and and anything else you might cook up. (laughs) Oh, King. But even if he doesn't, now this is the important part, but even if he doesn't, it wouldn't make a bit of difference, oh, King. We still wouldn't serve your God or worship the gold statue you, you set up. How many of us would say that? Amen. Verse 19, Nebuchadnezzar, his face purple with anger, cut off Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace fired up seven times hotter than usual. He ordered some strong men from an army to tie them up, hand and feet, and throw them into the roaring furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, bound hand and foot, fully dressed from head to toe, were pitched into the roaring fire. Because the king was in such a hurry, the furnace was so hot, flames from the furnace killed one man who carried Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to it. While the the fire raged around Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Suddenly King Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in alarm and said, Didn't we throw three men in, bound hand and foot into the fire? That's right, O king, they said. He says, but look, he said, I see four men walking around freely in the fire, completely unharmed. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It says, and the fourth man looks like the son of the living God. Amen. So whatever trouble God gets you in, in other words, whatever trouble you get in for taking a stand, God will get you out of it. Amen. Hallelujah. You are never alone when you face fear head on. Even it doesn't feel good. Amen. And and sometimes people like to kind of watch and see what you're going to do, you know. But you have to stand firm and know that God is with you. He is always with you. The Bible says he'll never leave you nor forsake us. He's always with us. You are never alone. See, this is why uh, Christians must learn not to walk by feelings. Don't live by how you feel, but live by faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. Faith in knowing that God is with you. Faith in knowing that God will never leave you. Faith in knowing that when you face fear, he is your, your stability and your strength. Amen. Even when you feel weak. He is strong in you because when we're at our weakest, we can draw from him great strength. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we have to take that chance. Really, it's not a chance. It may feel like you're taking a chance. But all you have to do is step over into faith and know that God has an answer. 
he has some kind of answer for us to bring us out. Because God does not set us up for failure. Amen. But you have to know that he is with you. And if you don't know it, get in the word and study. Just meditate. You know, you, it don't, it, you don't have to stay in the word all day. But it's good if we would. But, but we know we ain't. Amen. But if you would just use your time wisely and really go to God and just get face to face with him and, you know, summons him. God, you know, just talk to him like you talk to your best friend and tell him how you feel. Let him know that you need strength from him, that this is, you know, I'm going down (laughs) and I need you to bail me out. Amen. You just have to be honest with God because he knows, but he wants us to express ourselves with him. Amen. Allow the Holy Spirit to comfort you. When you're going through bad times, when you're going through times of of fear and unsurety, you know, you have to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and just give you what you lack. Amen. Father, I just bless you. And, you know, just get in an attitude of, of prayer and thanks and just pray, pray in the spirit. I'm not against that. I'm, you know, I was trained like that and I still believe that that you know, takes you over into the realm of God. Amen? And, and you do, you use all the ammunition that you have. You use everything that you can muster to, to stay up on it. Amen? Because sometimes you just can't depend on man to encourage you. You know, you have to have the Holy Spirit there encouraging you, making you strong, you know, helping you to stay afloat. And this is what we depend on until we can get over or, or, you know, get this this spirit from visiting us every day or however however often it visits. You know, you do what you know to do. You know, I always say don't, don't live by how you feel. Live by what you know. Amen? What God has said. Hallelujah. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to humble themselves to another God. They were fully committed and fully submitted to the Lord our God. And he came through for them. And the Bible uh, says they didn't even smell like smoke. They didn't even smell. They weren't consumed. Amen. So faith drives out fear. Faith and fear are opposite forces. Faith works with God. Fear works against God. Amen. Hallelujah. And so faith... With faith brings trust and confidence in God. And this is what we need to depend on. Amen. So we need to put an end to fear. Fear is out to steal your, your health. You get in fear. And then it, it, here comes all these other doors are open for everything. The devil just doesn't stop, you know, until you stop him. And we all have the goods to stop him. Amen. Hallelujah. So fear is also out to steal your whole faith walk, your whole walk of faith. In other words, what fear wants to do is paralyze you until you you are declared helpless. And then, you know, the next thing out of our mouths is, well, I don't really care or I really didn't want it anyway. Whatever. You know, and this is what we say because we we think fear has the upper hand on us. Amen. And so what we're really doing is submitting to a false God. We submit when we don't fight. We submit to fear when we don't fight back. Amen. God has given us not the spirit of fear, but a a spirit of, of power, love, and of a sound mind. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to Galatians 5. Galatians 5. Verse 6. It says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith worketh by love. Amen? Hallelujah. So if faith works by love, and then love will get rid of fear because the opposite of fear is faith 
So if you walk in the realm of love and, and receive the love that God has for you and not just settle for feeling unloved. Does anybody know what I'm saying today? Settle for feeling rejected. Settle for feeling depressed and discomforted. But if you will press into God, you know, the love of God, all you have to do to, to press into God's love is know he lo- accept the fact that he loves you. Amen. You know, some things you're just going to have to believe. At some point, you have to make yourself believe some of these things that God has told us. And so if you start to make yourself receive what God has already given us and already said to us, amen, and just receive it by faith. By faith, I believe that God loves me. Well, why does he love you? Because God is love. He is the essence of love. He's, the, he's what love is. He created love. He's where love started. And so he doesn't have to have a reason for loving us. He loves us because he's a good God. He loves us because he's the creator. He loves us because he created us in his image. Amen. He made us exactly how he wanted us to be. He's satisfied with us. And he proves it by his love. Amen. How many, how many can say that you can put that title on anybody else other than a parent? And God loves us like a parent because he's our father. And so what we need to do is stop fighting against what God has already done and what he's already proven. Amen. Stop fighting against what he's already said. He loves us with an everlasting love. But faith works by love. So if you acknowledge the love that God has for you, and if you receive it, because you have to receive what's given. If you don't receive it, then it didn't get delivered. So you have to receive what's given. And when we receive the love of God, we'll start to elevate you'll feel elevated you'll know the love of god because you'll walk in that uh constant assurance that you're not alone you know and you don't you're not looking for everybody you know this is what fear will make you do look to see who's going to speak to you first and watching people to see if they're ignoring you you know what you're on your way to crazy i'm just telling you the devil like driving people crazy paranoia you know if you want somebody if that's so important you speak first amen speak first but most folks won't they still judging people you know and sometimes people just have a lot on their mind so go speak amen (laughs) but perfect love cast out fear Perfected love cast out fear. God's love has been perfected already. Amen. You can't test God to see if he loves you. He already does. He's passed all the tests. Amen. See, we do that to people to get them hung up or whatever it is that people do. But God, his love is perfected. It's, it's developed and mature. And we need to have that same lo- love back toward him. Amen. We are supposed to love him back. Why? Because he loved you. Amen. You know, when people give you a gift unexpectedly and you don't have nothing back for them, don't it make you feel like you're going to give them something? You, the first thing you say is, Dang, I didn't bring them nothing. And, and it makes you feel kind of bad. Well, that's the way we ought to feel about God, loving him. Dang, he loved me. I need to love him back. Amen. <laughs> I want to give him a love package because he gives me one every day. Amen. That's why we love God. You know, and we don't even have to have any proof of God's love. Just knowing his word, knowing that he's dependable. He's always there. You know, the righteous rejoice because God loves them. Amen. That's something to rejoice about. Amen. Hallelujah. You just want to give it back because he gave it to you. And that's a good reason. Amen. Let's go to 1 John 4. Hallelujah. Love him back because he loves you. Honor him because he honors you. No, 
uh, what's that word? Reverence him because he reverence us. You know, we're first on his mind all the time. You know, God is just thinking about us all the time. His thoughts are with us all the time. He's always thinking about us. We need to think about him all the time. When we get into a jam, he's thinking about us. When we cry out to him, he's thinking about us. He's reaching out all the time. Amen. But see, we're busy looking for man to make us feel better. When God is already trying to make us feel better. All you got to do is step over in to feel better. Amen. Because God has already fixed everything so that you can feel better. All you have to do is receive it. Are y'all here today? Amen. Receive what God has already given. Receive what God has already done. And he's already fixed it so you can feel better. But let me tell you something about fear. It, it carries self-pity. That's self-pity's father. And when you uh, are in self-pity, let me tell you something. It's tricky because self-pity can make you feel good. And y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. For real? Yeah, for real. Y'all know it. Self-pity can make you feel See, Self-pity consoles you. Amen. Self-pity makes you feel better about whatever went wrong. Self, see, self-pity ministers to people through fear and through intimidation. Self-pity will minister to you and make you think you don't need God. Well, you don't need his love. You got me. Well, who is me? You look around with me. <laughs> I'm the devil, but he'll never tell you that. Amen. But he's always competing with God. He has a false thing for every true thing that God has. Amen. And amen. Instead of fear, instead of faith, he gives you fear. Amen. Instead of confidence, he gives you false boldness. You know, he's always got something false going on all the time. This is how he operates. And we reach toward the false because the false is more understandable or I think it's more attainable. You know what I'm saying? You know, and so, amen, that's good. It's, you know, it's more, I think he puts, you know how when people serve hors d'oeuvres and they have it on a pretty platter and they put that lettuce and the tomatoes and stack it, they look so pretty. You, even if you don't like tomatoes, you want to eat one because it's all fixed up real nice. That's how the devil fixes up his plate. So he makes it tempting and tantalizing so you won't say no. Amen. But he offers up dangerous things on a pretty platter. That's just how he does. Amen. But God is saying, here, here is my love. Receive it. And you're looking like, where is it? Where is it at? You know what I'm saying. And so you really have to, you know, find God. And he's not far away. You know, the Bible says to hunger and thirst after God. Hunger for him thirst after him amen he's a good god he loves us he's a forgiving god amen all you need to do is repent and mean it from your heart and he's forgiven you washed it clean no looking back no living in the past but living you know up front and personal with god because he knows you he knows every thought in your mind, he, he's numbered every hair on your head. He's very personal. Amen. But most people like an artificial God because they don't have to get personal. When God already has been personal with them already. When you were in your mother's womb, he knows how many stripes she took to bring you forth, you know. He knows every pain you suffered to get out of here. If the, de- if the doctor twisted your head the wrong way, he knows how you felt. And he helped us, you know, in so many ways. God was on the scene before we even knew to thank him. Because some of us wouldn't be here if it weren't for him. Amen. God is a good God. It's just nothing you can say negative about him. Amen. Yet we allow fear. And we allow the lies of the devil to tell us God just don't want you to be happy. He don't want you to have what you want. And it's just the lies of the devil. And, you know, the Bible says to refute those things. Refute it in every high thing that exalts itself higher than the knowledge of God. You have to fight. 
Amen. You don't just lay down and say, whip me, devil. You know, but you have to fight. And when you go into self-pity, that's what you're doing. You're saying, let me have it. Amen. And you can't do that. You have to fight the good fight of faith. You're fighting and contending for your faith. Amen. Because the devil's trying to steal it. He's trying to put confusion in there so you won't hold out. Amen. And he'll use anybody to try to keep you from holding on to his word. You know, when you have the word of God and you have walk in the love of God, you don't have to hold on. Barely holding on. You know, you don't hold on. You just receive his love. Receive and exist in him. In him we live. Live out of him. In him we live, move, and have our being. You don't have to just barely make it and barely hold on. You know, when you find yourself in those times, which I do too, and I snap out of it, I say, wait a minute, I'm I'm not a step kid. (laughs) I'm a child of God. I don't have to barely hold on. All I have to do is receive what he has for me and shake this pity and and this false stuff, shake it off, don't receive it. You know, let it fall by the wayside, kick the devil out. I knew somebody, uh, most of you knew Chase. He opened all the windows and all the doors and kicked. He said, I, I kicked the devil out of my house. I kicked him out of here. I cleaned up, threw out all the trash, opened up the windows and the doors, and I kicked him out of here. Amen. And sometimes, you know, you do whatever you have to do, but you come out of this. You snap out of it. And you get with God, get with the program, because God has already preordained everything that you need. He's already given us everything that we need. Everything pertaining to life and godliness, he's given us already. All we have to do is trust it. Amen. Get rid of our hang-ups. We judge God too much. Amen. That's what you do. We judge God when we don't trust him. We're judging him, and he don't judge us. Amen. Amen. He says not guilty. And we say, well, why didn't you give me that Cadillac I wanted? You know, it's just always something. Instead of just receiving his love, walking his love, and know that you can have anything. You know, you write your own ticket to life. Amen. As long as you're walking in him, in him, by him, and for him. Amen. It depends on your attitude and your heart. And what you really are looking for, what you're really seeking in this life. Amen. Hallelujah. So we seek God while it is day. Amen. Did we go to 1 John 4? 1 John 4. Hallelujah. Verse 18. God will always come for his word. He always comes for his people. And he will never leave you a stranded. People will. I'll be there at 3 o'clock. Look, Bridget's laughing because I was always late picking Bridget up. Had her car and come and pick her up from work late. And she's pregnant out to here. <laughs> I knew you was going to be late, Ma. I said, I tried to get here. People will leave you stranded. God will never do that to you. Amen. He's always on time. Amen. Never leave you stranded, never late. In fact, he's at the party while you're trying to decide if you should go or not. Amen. Well, I didn't get invited. Amen. You invite yourself to anything God has. First John 4:18. This is there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love. There's no fear in love. So if you're walking in the love of God, if you're allowing God to shower you with his love, if you're touching him, if he's not so far away that you can feel his love, his divine protection, you know, if you are with him, in him, for him, by him, if you are in Christ, then you will know that you are loved and perfect love will cast out fear and torment. Amen? Because fear has torment. Hallelujah. It says, but in, in he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So in other words, if you feel fear, then you have not been made perfect in the love of God. Are y'all here today? 
Amen. Because perfect love casts out fear. And the key to walking fearlessly in this life is to develop the love walk. And, yeah, that includes loving your neighbor as yourself. Well, I love God. Well, do you love your neighbor? I don't have nothing to do with them. They're crazy. But if something happened, you know, it's this lady. I'll never forget this. Um, She's gone on to be with the Lord just recently. And her house caught a fire, and we saw the smoke, and we were just getting out of the car. And, I mean, me and Tony, I, I never knew I could move so fast. And we were just going, but he, he, he beat me, you know, being younger. And he was going, and we went to the house, knocking on the windows, and some other neighbors went. She wasn't home, thank God, but, you know, that's what you do for a neighbor. Amen. We, we weren't friends. We were peaceful with one another like you're supposed to be with everybody. But when you see a neighbor in distress, when you see anybody in distress, you should be willing to go. You don't, you know, not go, well, they'll call the fire department. Yeah, but what if, you know, somebody didn't get out? And just so happened she had gone to a doctor's appointment. Well, she took the cat to a doctor's appointment. Because so, when one of the neighbors said, well, she's got a cat. And those people were in there trying to get in there to get that cat out. And then one somebody came, and one of her ne- neighbors, um, her uh, family members came and said, oh, she had an appointment with the, the cat doctor or whatever. Amen. But, you know, it could have been a person. I know that story sounds fishy, don't it? I know. <laughs> it was the cat. <laughs> Amen. So we have to first believe and then receive. Let God, in other words, let God love you. Allow his love to come into your heart. Let's see. Are we in 1 John 4? Let's go to verse 16. Let's, let's go up to 16. And it says, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. God is love. So if you abide in God, you abide in his love. Amen? Hallelujah. And so God wants you to dwell. He wants you to dwell in his love. And if you dwell in him, then you'll dwell in his love. Is that making sense? So we need to lay hold of the fact that God doesn't just love us, but he is love. See, if you, see that'll stop that question, well, why does God love me so much? How do I know? Because he is love. That's who he is. That's who he is. That's what he is. He is love. And so it's like if, if you know. If you're something, if that's who you are and what you are, then that's what you do. And so he loves because he is love. That's why he loves you. Amen. We need to renew our minds so that we'll grasp what God is doing. So we'll learn to grasp his love and live out of his love. Amen. And if we do that, then love will be alive on the inside of us. See, love has got to be alive. It can't lay dormant. It can't be dead. God's love ain't dead. It's alive. And so we have to draw from him, allow him to shower us or um, adorn us with his love. And then you live out of that love. Amen. And it ain't that old stale love. If you've been loving God, you saved for 30 years, your love is still always a new and fresh. It never gets stale and old. You know, it never gets petrified. But it's always fresh and, and, and pure and clean. And will you be persecuted? Yes. And you might not receive it back all the time. But that's not the purpose that you love. You love for the purpose of God. Amen. Because if you're looking for it back, you just might not get it. But God will always give it to you. God will always come for you when you need him romans 5 5 says the love of god is shared abroad in our hearts by the holy spirit it's shared abroad in our hearts by the holy spirit in other words god generously pours love into our lives through the holy spirit he pours it in amen and then you pour it out onto other people Amen. Like that woman that filled up all of those vessels. 
she poured in and then she went and poured out amen and so that's what we do we allow god to pour into us so that we can pour out to others amen another way to put an end to fear is to obey the command of love love one another and love your neighbor as yourself if you put love out then that kicks fear out when you walk in love it kicks fear out did y'all know that amen i don't think you're listening amen and whoever keeps his commandment of love in him is god's love perfected love is perfected in you when you keep the commandment are y'all here uh, amen and that's in first john 2 5 read it when you go home well let's see we're close we can do that now first john 2 let's read it first john 2 5 it says but whoever keeps his word truly the love of god is perfected in him by this we know that we are in him and he, he who says he abides in him ought of himself also to walk just as he walked. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's see. Do I want to go? I'll go on to verse 7. Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which... Which thing is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. Amen. Verse 10 says, he who loves his brother abides in light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Amen. Can y'all say amen? Amen. So it comes down to being perfected or developed in the love of God. And to get that development, to get that perfection, you have to allow God to love you. Amen. And you have to receive it. And receive it without doubt. Receive it with gladness. And be thankful. I'm thankful God loves me. I'm thankful he don't hold things against me. Amen. But we lose that so quickly because we forget who God is. We forget that he's our father. And that he loves us with an everlasting love. I'm just so thankful that he loves me. God can never fail at anything. So this love does not fail. Because he cannot fail at anything he does. He didn't fail when he created you. He didn't fail when he created me. Amen. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 13. I'm almost done. 1 Corinthians. I want to read it out of the message. So I'm going to this thing. 1 Corinthians. And it talks about love. Verse 1. Let's get the message. It says, this is a message translation. It says, if I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, I think that's ecstasy, but love not, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have faith that says to a mountain jump and it and it jumps, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what you say, what I believe, let's see, no matter what, what I say that I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Hallelujah. Praise God. I, see, this is why I like the message. It, it talks, you know, real plainly. And I think this is verse, because uh, there's run together. It should be like verse 8. It says, love never gives up. 
love cares more for others than self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Amen. Love doesn't strut. <laughs> love has a sweat. Love doesn't have a swelled head. Love doesn't force itself on others. It isn't always me first. It doesn't fly off the handle. It doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Amen. It doesn't revel when others grovel. It takes pleasure in flowering of truth. It puts up with anything. It trusts God always. It always looks for the best. It never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Love never dies. It inspires speech. Inspired speech will be over someday. Praying in tongues will end. Understanding will reach its limits. We know only a portion of the truth. And what we say about God is always incomplete. But when the complete arrives, our incompletes will be canceled. When I was an infant at my mother's breast, I gurgled and cooed like an infant. And when I grew up, I left those infant waves for good. We don't yet see things clearly. We're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist. But it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. We'll see it all then. See it all as clearly as God sees us, knowing him directly, just as he knows us. And that's the message translation. Love never fails. Never fails anything. Amen. So we must dwell or abide in the love of God. You can't just visit love. You can't just visit God. But you have to abide in the secret place of the Almighty. Amen. See, God wants you to live with him and for him. He doesn't want you to just go to him in a few minutes, you know, when you want to ask for something or when you're in need or when you're feeling bad. But he wants you to be a regular habitator. He wants you to live in him, and that's what the word dwell means. And so he wants us to dwell in him and dwell in his love. Amen? Hallelujah. There's favor. And there's security and protection in a dwelling place. Are y'all here? Amen. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Psalm 91. And so God wants you to abide in him. To live in him. To take up residence. You don't, he don't want you to pay rent. But he wants you to be a homeowner in him and to feel comfortable and to know your way around his place so that you'll call it yours. Amen. Hallelujah. This is what God is looking for. He's not looking for people to stay a stranger to him and only pop up when something goes bad. But he's looking for abiders. He's looking for dwellers. He's looking for people who, who have signed their lease and stay with it. Stick to it. Don't try to dodge and get out your lease because you're tired of living there. But he wants you to abide in him. And the Bible says if you abide in him, he abides in you. Amen. You know, he's divine and we're the branches. And we're supposed to abide in him to give off good fruit. Fruit comes from Abiding in him, dwelling in him, receiving him as your Lord, Savior, your, your master, your father. You know, abide in him. Stay with him. And don't allow anything to pull you away from him. It's not worth it. Amen? For man's attention. For man's, um, you know, when they receive you or accept you. For man's acceptance. God doesn't want that. You know, he wants you to work on being accepted by him. And you're accepted in the beloved. He's already accepted us. Amen. But he wants us to know and understand how very much he's put out for us. Amen. A landlord puts out for his tenant. Amen. He doesn't try to give you raggedy stuff. 
He gets that electrical fixed up to cold. He gives you, you know, everything, the heat. He, he goes out of his way to make you comfortable. And this is what God is expecting of his people who are called by his name. Amen. Hallelujah. You won't bear fruit until you set a residence and dwell and live in Christ. Trust him. This is where trust it comes from. It comes from abiding, living with, accepting the love of God. And then that's why you'll, you'll give it to others. You can't give what you ain't got. But you can get it. Amen. Stop trying to get it from others and get it from God first. And then when you got it from him, it won't, you, wanna, you still want to make people, um, you know, comfortable. And everybody likes to be accepted and want friends. But it won't be your life. You understand? It won't be your life. God will be your life. Pleasing God will be first on your list. Amen. We want to be dwellers, not visitors. Visitors trust in God sometimes. Amen. They trust in God when the going gets tough. But as soon as the pressure is off, they don't know him anymore. As soon as they don't need him anymore, you know. But when they get something, oh boy, out comes the arrogance and the everything else. But when not, I'm not talking to everybody. I'm just talking to immaturity. You know, I know we don't have many of that in here, but this is how it goes. Amen. But when you are mature, mature in love, you know, you become a dweller. Dwellers abide in the vine and trust in God and lives out of faith. You live out of the faith. Everything that you do branches out of your faith. Are y'all here? It comes out of the faith. And where's the faith coming from? The love of God that's, you know, shed abroad in our hearts. And then we live out of what God has put in us. And we become dwellers. Amen? We become trusters in God. We become lovers of God. We become abiders. And we gain interest into his provision into his divine protection, as Psalm 91 says, from being a dweller, knowing him, knowing in whom you have your confidence, who you, you have, you know, you start to understand where you put man and where you put God. And God is always on a higher level, amen, because you start to live out of him. Provision is there. Divine protection is there. God becomes your fortress and your refuge. You abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And he d- delivers you from the snare of the fowler. He has covered you with his feathers. And truth shall be your shield and buckler. You won't be afraid of the terrors by night, nor the evil plots and the slander of the wicked, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the destruction And sudden death that surprises us and lay waste at noonday. A thousand shall fall at your side. This is Jasmine's scripture. Hallelujah. And ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come nigh you. Amen. Hallelujah. It will not come by you. Why? Because you dwell in a secret place. You're a dweller. You don't pay rent and then when your rent is, is due, you run. You know, or you get lost in the middle of the night. That's not how it works in the secret place. In the secret place, you always have a place. In the secret place, you feel welcome. In the secret place, you know who you are in him. Amen? In the secret place, there's no games. There's no manipulation. There's no scarcity. But there's only abundance of love, love, love. Amen? Trust, trust, trust. Trust is not an issue in the secret place because you know who you are. Because God has adorned you with so much uh, love and so many abilities. And he's put that surety on the inside of you that you know who you are and you know what what you own. You know what I'm saying? And you just feel comfortable and confident. 
and at peace because God is your father. Amen. Because you live with him and you know him. And it's not a hard thing just to feel accepted and to know that he is with you and he will never desert you like natural fathers. Amen. So if your father has deserted you, know that God is your father. And he's dependable. Amen. Hallelujah. He'll never desert you. If you dwell and abide in God's love, then Psalm 91 will provide protection and, and wisdom and knowledge and faith and all the things that you need. You'll be able to get it out of that one scripture because it's so full of so much love for God. Amen. So why don't we finish? <laughs> Father, we just thank you. Hallelujah. We just bless you. And we lift you up. In the name of your son, Jesus, who is worthy of all honor and praise. And we thank you, Father. And we bless you. We thank you for so much love. Even when we're wrong, you love us.